Today on The Journey with Steve DeWitt, a message on stewarding our money wisely. My dear friend, we are the richest Christians in the history of the church. We do not lack money, we lack wisdom. And many will land in eternity with deep regret for the way that we have squandered the king's money. The Bible doesn't say that money is evil, but rather the love of money is the root of all evil. Welcome to The Journey with Steve DeWitt. Today, Pastor Steve shares that money can be a powerful tool for good when handled with a wise and a generous spirit. It's an impactful lesson today. We're learning how to live missionally with our money, and you can listen online at thejourney.fm. But now here's Pastor Steve in Matthew 6:19 with the conclusion of a message titled, On Mission with My Money. In this section of scripture, Jesus is going to say some things that would have shocked the people that were listening. See if it shocks you today. Here's what it says. Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moth and rust destroy, and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust destroys, and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. In that culture, there was an understanding as it relates to material possessions and resources that the more that you have, it was a sign of God's favor in your life. And yet Jesus comes along here and he says the opposite. Don't lay up for yourself treasures on earth. And he points out here now a couple reasons that this is a very foolish way to live. The first thing he says is that every material, financial, asset, resource that I have and try to keep, I have to give it up. It is fleeting. So Jesus has some financial advice here. It's as relevant today as ever. He says, realize, friends, the things that you are living for and killing yourself at the office for and spending so much time and effort trying to accumulate they are all in a perpetual state of depreciation. And Jesus just in a one simple statement indicts the entire approach to life so often lived by people in a world that is passing away, the Bible says. He is wanting to free us from the bondage and the emptiness of living for things. That is an idol. And idols are cruel taskmasters. Now, the other thing that he says here is that every material financial resource that I give is mine forever. He says, don't lay up treasures on earth, but lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in and steal. And he goes on in the passage to talk about the central issue that keeps most of us from living a generous life, and that is trust. He goes on to talk about the lilies and the sparrows. They're not planting and harvesting. They're not worrying about what they're going to wear, and yet God meets the need of the sparrow. And who has ever seen anyone clothed as beautifully as the lily in the field? And Jesus says, you are worth more than sparrows and more than lilies, and your heavenly Father knows what you need. Do not be anxious about these things. This frees us in verse 33. 
to seek first the kingdom of God. So there's something not to do and there's something to do. Don't lay up treasures on earth. Lay up treasures in heaven. And Jesus is saying, if you want to know what you really love, where your heart is really at, look at where you invest your money. Our money flows towards what our hearts love. It seems to me that in in this culture, when Jesus was speaking there, the struggle that they had was they wanted to see finances as an indicator of faith. The more that you had, the more favor that you had from God, those two always went together, therefore the rich are going to heaven. What we struggle with in our culture, it seems to me, is that we want to separate our faith from our finances. Our finances, our money, and our faith, and our treasure, and our hearts, they always, always go together. And this is why whenever you talk about this subject, it smokes out the pretenders in the church. And God knows our hearts. He knows everything that we have. He gave us everything we have in the first place. It seems to me that as I've talked over the years about money, I have, there are generally two kinds of responses whenever I say, we're talking about money today. There are people who are upset about it, and then there are people that are humbled by it. People weird out whenever God's word is opened on the subject of money. And I have to conclude the reason for that is that we love it so much. In fact, think of the emotions that you're experiencing right now inside of you, and what might those feelings that you're having as I talk about this indicate about where your heart is actually at? Richard Halverson said this, Jesus Christ said more about money than about any other single thing because when it comes to a man's real nature, money is of first importance. Money is an exact index of a man's true character. All through scripture, there is an intimate correlation between the development of a man's character and how he handles money, which is just what Jesus is saying here. So, towards the goal of all of us being rich, in the right place, which is not necessarily here, but is there in eternity. You know, that's the place you want to be rich. You want to lay up treasure in heaven. I got three essentials for laying up treasure in heaven. And before I get to those, I want to make one thing totally clear. We are in no way talking about buying your way into heaven. Salvation is not a buy your way in. It is by faith alone in Jesus Christ. Christ paid our way into heaven with the blood he shed on the cross for our sin. And I don't want anybody here thinking, oh, maybe I can show up there and I can pay the guy in the back. I'm getting in the back door. I got a buddy at the back door. I'm dropping him a little bit of cash and in I go. No. You want to go to heaven. Repent of your sins and put your faith and trust in Jesus. And God says he'll give us eternal life. We're not talking about buying our way into heaven. Here's what we're talking about. When Jesus Christ becomes your savior, he changes you. And he changes us right down to our checkbook. As Sam Houston said, Sam Houston became a Christian. He got baptized. He gave a large gift after that. They said, Sam Houston, why are you giving money to those Christian crazy people and all that? He says, when I got baptized, my my pocketbook got baptized too. How true that is. So how, do we, how are we rich towards God? How do we lay up treasure in heaven? I got three things. Here's the first. Stewardship living. We have to live our life as stewards. Here's what the Bible says about everything that you own. The earth is the Lord's and everything in it, Psalm 24. Job 41, 
God says, who has first given to me that I should repay him? Whatever is under the whole heaven is mine. And these and so many other verses are trying to help us realize something. The things that we think are ours, the things that we call my possession and my house and my car, God says, that is mine. We don't own anything. You can know what you own by what you take into eternity with you. Nothing, right? We all die with an empty hand. And God says, all of it is mine. And when it comes to understanding how to lay up treasure in heaven, the very first starting point is, I've got to realize this, my stuff's not my stuff. This is God's stuff. Now, if you're not a Christian here, that's a hard thing for you to understand. But if you're a Christian here today, you've given him your whole life. Even your body is not your own. All of this is God's. I am simply a temporary manager of God's stuff. And a steward is somebody who manages whatever God gives to him or her in the way that God would want it used. Now, does that mean we can't spend money on, on things? No. Does that mean that we can't buy a house? No. Does that mean we can't invest for retirement? No. It doesn't mean that. But what it does mean is that I don't ultimately view the things that God gives to me as mine. I can have possessions, but they don't possess me because I don't see them as mine. They are God's. And that of all the things, if you want to take a step on the path to a generous life that's rich towards God, that is the necessary first step, is to, is to somehow unchain your heart from the things that you have and to not see them as yours. Now, I remember uh, as an example of this some years ago, my nephew, Zach, when, when we have family people that come into town, you know, brothers and sisters with nieces and nephews, we always, we always take a trip to Albany's Candy Factory. We, we go to Albany's Candy Factory. So off we go to Albany's Candy Factory, and I got my nephew, Zach, and we get in there, and I say, okay, Zach, you can pick out whatever you want. And we got one of the big bags, you know, and so he goes around, and he's picking out gummy bears and gummy snakes and gummy soldiers and gummy planes and what don't they have that's not a gummy something there, you know? And he's just piling, I threw in some chocolate this, chocolate that, and all that. He's got this great big bag of candy. His eyes are, you know, huge. He's loving it. So I said, okay, Zach, uh, let me take care of this. So I go over to the cash register. I buy the candy. We go walking. If you've, you've, if you've been there, you know. I buy the candy. I take whatever eight steps it is to the door, open the door, begin taking steps out on the sidewalk. And as I'm walking along carrying this big bag of candy, I reach in and I take one gummy bear out and I go like this. My nephew Zach says, Uncle Steve, don't eat my candy. <laughs> I was like, you ungrateful. I buy you a thousand gummy things in every shape and color. I buy it, and I give it to you. And seven seconds later, you're going to rebuke me for eating one gummy bear that I gave to you in the first place. How God must be in heaven looking down upon us and think, I have given you things and resources and possessions in every size, shape, and color. And you resent me to give me one gummy bear? And you see, that's why I think it really is an indictment 
on our hearts, and I'll put myself right in the mix on this, that whenever we get to passages like this, we get all, it's my gummy. My stuff is not my stuff. This also calls for God's people to be the best money managers around. You want to know why? Because we are handling the king's money. This is not my money. This is the king's money. And this doesn't mean that we have to be cheap or we can't enjoy nice things, but it does mean that we are watchful and careful and prudent in our decisions to make sure that we are able to give to others who are in need and that we are able to support the Lord's work, which is the one thing that God is doing in this world. What is God doing? He is building his church. And Jesus said, the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Jesus is coming for the church. He's not coming for a college. He's not coming for a camp. He's not coming for some other organization. He is coming for his church which is why I am privileged to serve in the thing that God is doing here. And that we all have our, should have our hearts here because Jesus has his heart in the local church. I think, tragically, many Christians will be impoverished in eternity because after their cable bill, their internet bill, their new car payments, their more than they can afford house payment, their timeshare, their credit card interest payments, their fitness center dues, and their daily Starbucks latte, they say to God, I'd be generous, but I don't have enough money. My dear friend, we are the richest Christians in the history of the church. We do not lack money, we lack wisdom. And many will land in eternity with deep regret for the way that we have squandered the king's money. And I don't want anybody in this church to come up to me in eternity and say, why didn't you tell me? I was all about all the stuff everybody told me I needed to do and buy and have and all the rest. Man, if I could go back now, I would so live my life differently in that American culture. I don't want any of you to come up to me and say, you didn't hear, you didn't know. I'm telling you right now, lay up treasure in heaven. We have our Financial Peace University classes, which might be a help to many to get your whole like world in a place where you create margin so that you can support the Lord's work. You can invest in eternity. I would compare that person with this kind of person, the stewarding Christian who, as Proverbs says, watches over his flocks. He has learned self-control and delayed gratification. He doesn't have to have the latest greatest. He can have the latest greatest, but he doesn't have to have the latest greatest. She clips her coupons. He might brown bag it to work every day to create margin. They are neither monks nor opulent. They are stewards, and they live with margin, and they never make a financial decision that doesn't give them margin to be generous and to be rich towards heaven. That's a steward. Steward living. So let me ask you right now, which of those two does your lifestyle more closely resemble. Now, two and three principles I'm grouping together. You want to be rich in heaven? Generous giving, kingdom investing. 
so much about this in the Bible, I don't have time to do it justice, but let me just give you one example. Here's Holy Scripture exhorting us to live this way. This is the Apostle Paul, 2 Corinthians 8. We want you to know, brothers, about the grace of God that has been given among the churches of Macedonia, a poor area. For in a severe test of affliction, their abundance of joy and their extreme poverty have overflowed in a wealth of generosity on their part. For they gave according to their means, as I can testify, and beyond their means of their own accord. By the way, this would be like him saying, you know, the churches in Gary, they are taking up offering after offering after offering. They have overflowing generosity in Gary, and they're giving gifts to that church in Crown Point. Or he's actually comparing the generosity of the Corinthians, the Crown Pointians, with those of the Macedonian East Hammondians. If the poor can be generous, why can't the rich? That's what he's saying, basically. The point is this. Whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. There's a principle from God. In the economy of God, you sow little, you get little. You sow much, you get much. And much there isn't necessarily financial, but that's not the point of this sermon. Whoever sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. Each one must give as he has decided in his heart, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. And there we see that glad-heartedness. You, you, know, you know your heart is good when you're glad to give. You know, where the offering's a high point in the service. We're cheerful about it. We're glad. Why? It's not mine. It's not mine. It's God's. I can give away God's stuff freely and gladly, cheerfully. So what is generous? How about if we identify what generous is not? And in doing this, I have a couple of statistics from studies that were, have been done. The average American evangelical gives 2.5% of their income away. And that's giving of any kind. I mean, that could be like the Cub Scouts and cookies from the Girl Scouts or something, I think. It's just like any giving of any kind. 2.5%. Here's a staggering statistic. 40% of evangelical Christians give absolutely nothing at all. 40%. 40%. Now tell me, are there going to be a lot of people that are going to step into eternity with deep regrets, especially the Christians who come from the richest country in the history of the world? I think so. And I don't want any of us to be those people. And yet, the charts and the, uh, the, the, the information that I get, our church is pretty much the same as that statistic. Almost half the people, roughly, that attend here, from anything that we can discern, zero. Now, maybe they're giving 30% away to some mission agency. I don't know, but I doubt it. I doubt it. And my dear friend, do I love you? Am, am, I, am I loving you to simply say to you, it's okay, go on your way, it'll be fine? No! I want you rich in heaven. I want you to high-five me and say, man, thanks for giving me that word. I lived my life generously, and man, I am so glad that I did. That's what I want. I think that's what God wants. I think all of us should be regularly asking ourselves, am I giving at a level that when I'm dead, I'll be glad I did? No one's in heaven going, did you see the stock market today? It's fantastic. Or, oh no, it's down. You're not going to care. 
You're not gonna care about the value of your house. You're not gonna care about what you got in your bank account. Your pension, you're not gonna care about that. But you are gonna care to the ultimate of what he thinks of you and the quality of service that you offered to him in this one life that you have. And you're still alive right now, which means that you still have the opportunity to lay up treasure in heaven. And I would add to you that this is the real life. This is, this is the best life. The keeping, the hoarding, all of that, that's an empty way to live. Jesus said it this way, it's more blessed to give than to receive. That's real living. Now, Randy Alcorn wrote a book. Some of you maybe have seen this. It's called The Treasure Principle. It's not very big. You could probably read it in an hour. I've read it many times, preparing for messages and, and uh, whatnot. The Treasure Principle. It says on the front, and this is an old copy, over 600,000 copies in print. It's probably way over a million, maybe two by now. God has really used this little book to help mobilize the church towards a generous lifestyle. And he has in the book, at the end of the book, he has what he calls the giving covenant. Five principles uh, for the generous life. And I just want to share these with you, see if these resonate with your heart. Number one, I affirm God's full ownership of me and everything entrusted to me. Number two, I set aside the first fruits. That's an Old Testament principle of giving to God first, not last. At least 10%. That's another principle called the tithe. That's not a sermon. This is not a sermon on that. Those are available if you want to hear them. Of every wage and gift I receive as holy and belonging exclusively to the Lord. Number three, out of the remaining treasures God entrusts to me, I seek to make generous free will gifts. Number four, I ask God to teach me to give sacrificially to his purposes, including helping the poor and reaching the lost. Number five, recognizing that I cannot take earthly treasures from this world, I determine to lay them up as heavenly treasures for Christ's glory and the eternal good of others and myself. If we could just do those five with the right heart, what a transformation into generosity it would be for us as a congregation. So my dear friends, I want you to just, just look at that, okay? Just look at that. How are you doing? Are you laying up treasures here? Are you laying up treasures in heaven? That was Pastor Steve DeWitt with a profound reflection on our priorities and values. You're listening to The Journey and the conclusion of a message titled, On Mission with My Money. To replay the full message, visit thejourney.fm. You can also subscribe to our podcast. Just search your favorite podcast app for The Journey with Pastor Steve DeWitt. Well, today, Pastor Steve reminded us we should aim to be good stewards and not waste what the Master has entrusted to our care. And that's why each day here on The Journey, we broadcast God's Word to men and women around the world so that they can grow in their relationship with God and in their knowledge of Jesus Christ. We're doing our part in fulfilling the Great Commission. So would you help us? When you give to this ministry, you help bring the Word of God to people who need to hear it by helping us share this Bible teaching program. Your special year-end gift, no matter the size, will make an eternal impact. To give, call us at 844-7-JOURNEY. That's 844-756-8763. Or visit us online at thejourney.fm. 
And when you give, we'll say thanks by sending you a book called The Treasure Principle. It's written by best-selling author Randy Elkhorn. This book has transformed how millions view giving. And in this revised and updated edition, it features an additional chapter plus a bonus section addressing frequently asked questions about how to live generously in everyday life. Request your copy of The Treasure Principle and learn how to store up your treasure in heaven where they'll last forever. You can call 844-7-JOURNEY. That's 844-756-8763 or visit thejourney.fm. On our website, you'll also find helpful articles by Pastor Steve on topics like family, finances, and faith. So be sure to take advantage of these practical resources. Again, that's thejourney.fm. I'm Tim Svoboda. Come back tomorrow when Pastor Steve shares another message from the Living a Generous Life series. That's Wednesday on The Journey with Steve DeWitt. Today's program was produced and furnished by Bethel Church in Crown Point, Indiana.